the year to live. Welcome to Vision Sunday. Thank you so much, Alan. You do that well. Even going to pour the glass for me. Come on, let's give Alan a hand. He's a good guy. You know, we have great musicians and great people do fantastic singing and that, but to be honest, we've got so many great servants like Alan who just do the job every Sunday, get out here early and just do things, and I love our church. Good to see you all. So this morning, I want to communicate to you, and I hope that I'm able to communicate the word that I believe that God has for us in 2021. And it's a little bit difficult for me to do because the word is more of a feeling rather than just a plain direction, right? I I need you to feel it rather than just get it in your head and fully understand it. I want you to kind of catch it rather than just know it. And so it's a little bit like uh, if you've seen that old movie, The Castle, Right, the Australian movie, it's like when he's trying to explain the Australian constitution, he's kind of like, it's the, it's the vibe, right? It's the marbo, right? So today I, I need you to capture the, the vibe. I've got to be like that lawyer, Dennis DeNudo, and try and get you to explain it, right? But I, it, it, that's some bets of that movie are bad, right? So I've only heard about it, all right? So... Uh, So I need you to get the vibe. I need you to get the the vibe of what it is. So I'm just going to pray. Father, I pray that as I speak today, that you would communicate, that you would say something, that, that you would put it, Father, not just in people's heads today, but Father, in their hearts, that they would capture the vibe, they would capture what it is that you're wanting to say. Lord, I pray, please just take my words. Let people hear what you have to say, that they be able to Father, make it work for them this year in 2021. Last year, our word was taking ground, which in one way is an easy concept to actually capture. It's not hard to think of what taking ground means. It means that like, I want to move forward. I, I want to have more in a sense than what I did when we started. And, and it looked different to each individual and, you know, what we even looked at for as a church. But essentially, it was easy to take on board. And to be honest, it was a great word. It was a word that sustained us. It equipped us. It encouraged us. It guided us and helped us again and again. Because in January, when we received that word, when I felt that was the word of the Lord for 2021, I had no idea, sorry, for 2020, I had no idea what was going to happen in 2020. I, I, I didn't know that the church and the world was going to go through a pandemic, that we would be locked down, that we wouldn't be able to hold a service for three months, and that even to this day, we're still holding limited service. I, I, I just would have laughed at you, and, and at the time, I, I probably did, right? I, I probably didn't take it as seriously as I should have back then, my bad. But no church and then limited church. I remember preaching one Sunday night and then going out with some of the young people afterwards and uh, just having some chicken wings at the Sporting Globe. And then all of a sudden, Scott Morrison's on TV saying, hey, no church, no anything. We're just going to flatten the curve. Should be a couple of weeks. Well, that couple of weeks has kind of moved on. And, uh, and we've all kind of got a different reality, right? But in the end, we did actually take ground. Where in the natural, COVID happened and we didn't have a word from God, we probably would have faced it in different ways. We would have made different decisions. We would have endeavored to consolidate. That, that makes sense. Crisis management rule number one is that when crisis happens, bring everything in so that you're able to control it. So these are some of the decisions, if you didn't have a word to take ground, that you would have made. Go back to two locations. Get rid of some of the staff. Cut their hours. Cut your support to missionaries. Don't do a full service, but just win a live stream. Just do a little talking headpiece. You know, just do something small. Have an expectation that people are just going to leave the church in droves, that there's going to be mass unemployment in our congregation. You know, these are all seemingly wise responses to have when faced with a crisis like the world has actually gone through. And to be honest, we've actually done well in, in Brisbane. 
right? If you compare us to some other states in, uh, in, in Australia, do you know that in New South Wales, they have not been able to sing in church since March last year, right? That, you know, Victoria went through all of these different things that they went through. And compared to the world, we've actually done all right. But there's been this heaviness, that's been upon us because you can't open a paper, you can't look at a news site, you can't listen to the news at all without the first three, four things being about COVID, being about something that's happening. And so it gets into your psyche that something is happening that shouldn't be. But we actually had a word from God and because we had a word from God to take ground, we had a mindset to follow. We're gonna take ground. So instead... We, cre- we, we, we kept our three locations. We created from scratch, right, an online service. We didn't sack any staff. In fact, we increased staff. We gave our missionaries more than we ever gave before and helped them in disaster relief when they went through some things and out of our abundance, we were able to help them in their lack. Our youth group met in so many different and varied ways. I think I said it before, I drove up here one night to church and because they couldn't fit the kids in the building, they were doing church in the bottom car park. That's awesome. And then they were doing church in all sorts of different ways and I think it was fantastic. We instituted a young adult Sunday night, which by the way, is no longer happening. Everyone's welcome now, but we had to do that back then, right? Our life group leaders didn't stop but they lifted up the personal care that they gave and they tried all of these different ways and learned technology so they could try and keep people uh, loved and cared for. Our seniors leaders, you know, Alan and Deidre and the the people in that area were just amazing. And they actually looked after our most vulnerable of people. And so I just think that's fantastic. They deserve a hand. They did an amazing job. You know, so our tech people went above and beyond and, and made sure that we had an online service that was actually on poor. And we see new people added, so we took ground. And that's because God spoke. And once God speaks, you have something to fight with. You have something to see. You have something to put faith into. You have something to, to look forward to rather than see what it is at your feet. You can see where God is wanting to take you. You know the outcome. You have something concrete to work with. So the word for this year, the word for 2021 is just one word, and it's the word live. I want everyone to say live. Live. Say it again, live. Live. I believe for the word for 2021 for Emerged Church is live. And so today, we did, instead of like a kind of item, which is like have a little cup of coffee with Jesus, and I like that. That's nice. We did one that was a bit confronting, that kind of like says, hey, get out of the comfort zone, and come on, let's live. Let's, let's, let's hear. And some of you said, yeah, my bones were rattling, right, in, the, in that song, right? But God is wanting to do something. Our restraints are off, and we are to live. We're not to shrink back, hold back, Step back, look back, stand back, or go back. 2021 is the year to live. So I thought, what illustration can I give you of restraint and being let go of restraint? And I thought way back, way back into my younger boy days where my family Every Saturday and every Sunday, we would travel to uh, about half an hour from our house and we would go to the beach in Adelaide. Now, beach in Adelaide, beach in Queensland are different things, right? There are more waves in this glass of water than there are at the beaches in Adelaide, all right? Because Kangaroo Island protects any sort of wave ever happening in, uh, in prison. But we would go there and we would love it. Me and my brother, just one year difference, get up to lots of trouble. We'd run down to the jetty and climb up and jump off things, which comes important when I finish with the story today. I remember I used to jump off high things, right? Just put that in the back pocket for later, right? So we would do that. So we would get and be excited about going to the beach. 
But as soon as we got out of the car, a restraint came upon us. Now, it wasn't slip, slop, slap, because back in the day, it was just like, put yourself on roasting oil and just turn around, right? There was no slip, slop back in the day when I was young, right? Which I've paid for many times with little skin cancers getting taken off. We need to slip, slop, slap, all right? So, so, but one of the restraints was this. We weren't allowed to go in the water until the tent was up, right? And we had one of those V-tents. Who remembers the V-tent? You know, with the stripe, right? So you'd have to kind of like put a pole here, pole there, and then a, a thing, and then all the, the canvas would go over it, and then each corner would have a, a peg that you have to bang in the ground, right? And so my brother and I, our job was to hold each side of the poles, and we'd just see the water, and my dad would be kind of like putting the thing over and banging the, uh, the pegs. I don't know how anyone didn't lose an eye in when it's windy, because that, that peg and the end of this rope is like flying everywhere. But I've still got two eyes, and so do all of my family. Right, so until that tent was up, we were restrained. But the moment that last peg hit the ground, we were able to run straight into the water and run we did. We were restrained, but that restraint was off and we were able to run into the water. That's the picture I have for 2021. The restraints are off. As a church, I believe that we've come into a new season. Just probably about a month ago, I was in church and, and I just saw some things. I, I saw the buds of spring. You know that feeling that you get in August where you feel humidity for the first time, right? Like you haven't had it since May. It's just been nice and cool. It's been cool on your skin. And then one August day, right, you just get up and there's that kind of clammy, it's humid again. Oh no, the winds, uh, echo winds are here, right? Like you know the season's changing. It's still cold. There's still some things going on. And that's what I believe is happening in the church. I believe that we've moved from one season to another and the restraints are off. So with the concept of live in mind, I have some announcements and then I'm going to preach. So num number one announcement is this is that our locations are doing really well. Redcliffe under Pastor David and Moray Field under Pastor Joe are just swimmingly doing very, very well. We purposely, Nina and I, kind of went around all different places and we were always together. We were loving Vision Sunday because we're actually finally together in church. It's, it's awesome, right? But what happens now is that like we are gonna be pretty much here at Warner all the time. Right, we just feel, yeah, thank you, that's good. I'm glad you didn't like go boo, right? But there'll be odd occasions where we'll be away or we'll be, but we're gonna be here. It actually hit me this week. It's been six weeks, not because I'm lazy or couldn't care less, it's been six weeks since I just greeted people at the door. You know, like that's not how I, I, I wanna pastor. And so we wanna bring centralized leadership and direction but we're going to have localized ministry. And so Nina and I are really going to just be here. And we're just going to know people and just do things. And, and we're just going to be here. Right? And, and that's, that's what I want. You know, sometimes when people, you know, I think, do I go to church or not? And I go, well, I don't know if they went to church because I wasn't at church. I was at Moreford. I was, at, I was somewhere else. I was doing this. And, and so we're just going to be here. And I love it, and I just think it's going to be fantastic. So uh, we'll have to make some little changes to our calendar planning, but that's, that's easy to do. So uh, that's number one announcement. Number two is this. At the beginning of 2020, Pastor Nikki Nisbet came to me and said that she felt it was time for her to make a change, that she felt after 19 years that her time of running the kids area of Emerge Church was done, right? And so I questioned her commitment, right? And just said, come on, I don't, I don't know, really, right? You've only just started this thing, right? So um, no, to be honest, I, I got myself off the floor, right? And then I started to just talk about that. You know, uh, she explained that she felt that God was doing something new in her life and that 
we then spent time speaking about the future and speaking about some of the things that she felt God was saying to her. It was a shock for me. Because to be honest, the kids era of our church has always been one of the easiest parts of running our church. It's like, it's one of those things, just sit and forget. I know it's on, don't know what's going on there, but no one complains. Kids are happy, beautiful, perfect for a pastor. I like that very, very much. You know, people actually were coming to Emerge Church because our kids area actually ran so well, right? And, uh, and I think it's great. And the reason is, is because Pastor Nicky never saw our kids area as a child mining area. She always felt that it was a discipleship opportunity and many kids actually gave their lives to Christ, right, in our kids' church because it was about discipleship, about pointing and setting these kids on a direction and she did it very, very well. But nothing is forever and God is moving Pastor Nikki on. She's not moving out, she's moving on. To be honest, I was my own worst enemy when I asked her to take on the Emerge missions. And she started to get missions in her heart. She started to get evangelism in her heart. She started to get salvation for people who have yet to hear the message of Jesus into her spirit. And all of a sudden, she felt that God was moving her onto that path. And so we are going to employ uh, Nikki one day a week to see our ever-enlarging footprint of missions, which really is all around the world. We do significant missions at Emerge Church, but we're going to see that enlarged. And she's going to concentrate on that. And already we're starting to see just some of the fruit of having someone who is solely focused on doing that. And I know that our missions is just going to get bigger and we're going to be more and more effective. You know, just recently, we were able to meet with the child services area, and they've said, can we, can you be our church? That's what they actually asked. Like, can you be our church? So we said, yes, we can be your church. And so we are able to help and do things with the child services area, and I think that's excellent. Let's have a round of applause. <laughs> to be honest, Nikki is a true example of what it means to live. Because what it is, is that she's leaving a comfortable area, an area where she knows everything. She knows one thing from the next. There's over 19 years of kids' ministry, there's probably nothing that you haven't seen, right? Or nothing that you haven't experienced. She's highly respected and she's highly successful, but just because she's comfortable, just because she knows what she's doing, doesn't mean that that's all there is. And she's taking a step out to live and to do what God has placed in her spirit. There's more that God has put in her heart and she's going to chase that. That is an example of what I'm talking about. She's still going to be working in our CVS program and she's still going to be around the church everywhere doing all of these things, but she's moving out of kids' area. I remember my first Sunday visiting the church. And uh, I was coming here to preach and see whether I liked you or whether you liked me, right? And uh, you said yes, so that was good. And I met Nikki for the first time. I met her upstairs in the kitchen, and she was busy getting the whole church area ready. And I just thought, don't mess with this lady, all right? <laughs> don't mess with her. She's a strong South African woman. And having been the son of a strong Dutch mother, right, I knew what that meant, right? So I thought, don't mess, just say yes, right, and, uh, and do what she wants, right? But uh, I want to say I, I really read that wrong. Nikki has just been a joy to work with. She's gentle, she's fun, she's caring, she's reliable, she's wise. She's amazingly Godful, incredibly resourceful, and she self-initiates, which is something so, so hard to find these days. She's incredibly self-sufficient. Sometimes I'd say to her, Nikki, you need to squeak more. It's a squeaky wheel that gets the oil. Squeak some more. Because sometimes I just forget because she's like the perfect staff member. Just do the job, never complain. Right? So uh, when Phalene Sparks was here last year, at the end of the year, we had a prophetic night and it was just a, a wonderful night. Phalene gave her a word and I'd like to play that right now if we're able. Your name, sir? Roger and Nikki. 
The Lord would say, daughter, son, get ready for I'm lifting you up even to a new place of vision. The Lord says, don't look back for what I'm doing. You've not been this way before. For The Lord says, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be as chalk and cheese. For even as Joseph came through the pit in the prison and I opened the doors to the palace, what I'm bringing you into will seem palatial compared to what you've been walking through. So get ready to enter into the throne zone. You're gonna be at home in the throne zone. The Lord says, daughter, I've heard your prayers. And even now, God says, I'm raising you up that you might raise up a hallelujah, that you might raise up a standard and round about you. There's even coming a gathering. But the Lord says, even as our mother hen would gather her chicks, God says, you're gonna be gathering people. You're gonna be encouraging people. You're gonna be ministering life life to the lifeless and even hope to the hopeless and even those that have been um, that have been outside looking in. But the Lord says even those that have been on the fringe, you're gonna reach out and you're gonna bring them in. And there's going to be a great um, releasing of a table spread even for them. So the Lord says there is much breakthrough ahead for you. And I just see God bringing breakthrough around two of your family members. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for that open heaven. The Lord says, daughter, it is touching heaven that changes earth. And you do have the ear of your God and what you've been praying for in secret, I'm gonna bring into open reward. How amazing is that? You know, uh, at that time, Phelan didn't even know who Nikki was, didn't know Nikki was on staff, and certainly didn't know that she was uh, moving on. So I just think it's amazing. God knows your secret desires, and he will encourage you towards them. I know Pastor Nikki's going to be headed to some very incredible and wonderful, fruitful ministry, and your best days are ahead. So when one door closes for someone, another door opens for someone else. And so for much of 2020, I was thinking, who's going to replace Nikki? By the way, isn't that wonderful? Nikki gave me a year. She didn't just tell me I'm out next week, right? She gave me a year to try and find someone. So, you know, we started to think, who can replace Pastor Nikki? 19 years of faithful, excellent ministry. And uh, it, was, it was difficult. But to be honest, even in that first meeting, I thought of someone. Someone came to my mind and I thought, this is the, the right lady. And, and we started to think about it, but I didn't want to ask her straight away because it's easy to put someone on and it's really hard to get them off if they're not the right person. And so uh, I just thought, you know, like I, uh, we'll just wait until we need to, right? We'll wait until we need to. And, and, and I always look at those periods of times. There's periods of times where people, God qualifies or God disqualifies. And, uh, and God qualified this uh, lady very, very much. You know, over the year, some other people came to our church who were of excellent character, excellent skills, excellent abilities, excellent heart. And I started thinking, well, maybe that they're the one to take over. Maybe the original person I was thinking of wasn't the one. But then one Sunday night after church, uh, this young lady just came to me and she said, Pastor Mark, would you be able to pray for me? And I said, of course I would. And so I just started to pray for her. And, and she said, you know, I know that God has got something for me. I know that, that God has got something inside of me and, and I'm not being used to, to my capacity. It wasn't this kind of ultimatum, you need to use me more. It was this humility before God. It was this sense of God, I just wanna be used. And I know that there's so much in me. And so right then and there, I knew that she was the one. We spoke about it with the board. I spoke about it with different people. I asked our prayer team to pray around the decision because it's very important when you brought someone uh, onto staff. And so it is with great pleasure that this morning I would like to let you know that Angela Bedville is going to take on the kids area of Emerge Church. And I think everyone likes that, right? It's just a, a fantastic thing. You know, Angela is perfect for the role, and I'm actually really excited about the future of our kids' area. You know, on the night that I asked her, she had no idea, and uh, Nina was preaching, it was a Sunday night, Nina was preaching on the plans that God has for your life, and that he has a blueprint. And Angela turned to her husband, Caleb, right? And uh, she said, you know, I've got to put my blueprint on the shelf. Right, and uh, because I feel that I'm meant to be a kids pastor, but like Nikki's gonna be here forever, so I don't know how it's gonna happen at this church. And then that night, I uh, asked them to come into my office, and I just said, uh, 
you know, would you consider and pray about taking on the role in our kids' area? And uh, Caleb actually got more excited than Angela did. She was very cool under that. But uh, they said yes, and they're going to do a, a great, great job. We're going to pray for all these people in just a moment. Another change is that Jacinta Fennell, my PA, is going to take on our junior youth role from Che Gordon, who's done a fantastic job, and he's all, she's also going to oversee our Cert 4 course. So you're going to see Jacinta move from more of an admin role into more of a pastoral role. You know, even just a couple of weeks ago, she did communion and, and hosted the meeting and did a phenomenal job. You know, uh, I, I just do think that God is a... A great plan for our church because he's just installing our future. Angela Jacinta going to be looking after our kids and, and doing wonderful things. Che has done a great job. He's a cheeky young fella, but he's a good young fella. And you know, he has made Emerge Juniors an exciting place to be, yeah. right? Our, our kids are in great hands because of the leaders uh, that they have. Yeah. You know, but Che isn't just leaving. He also is moving on. Or moving up. And so what he's doing is he's going to take on the Emerge Middle School Youth. Is that right? Jason, I get it wrong, too bad. Right? He knows what he's supposed to do. Just ask Jason. Go to EmergeChurch.life. No, but... Uh, right. So uh, that's... Uh, you know, so we're going to pray for that. So that's a, a good thing. My last announcement really came to me as a bit of a surprise. I wasn't looking for this. I wasn't expecting this. But it's an incredible blessing of God's provision. You know, the Australian Army, the Our Defence Force, is giving us one of their padres to train. The Army has recognised the value of chaplains within our Defence Force, but they're not wanting any Tom, Dick or Sally to be a chaplain. They want properly trained people, and they've seen the need for padres or chaplains who are Pentecostal, not just from the traditional mainline denominations. There aren't many uh, Pentecostal chaplains, and they've identified that need, and so they're wanting us to train uh, a chaplain. I, I just think it's amazing. So they sent up a program whereby they send and pay for a padre to be seconded to a church for three years to be trained, taught, and developed so that they can be an effective padre in the army. And so we've been asked to take on Beck Hoffner here at Emerge Church. Yeah, you got a picture? There they are. That's awesome. To train and to grow her to a place whereby she can bring strength to the men and women who serve in our defense forces. I, I just think that's awesome. I just think it's amazing. Pastor Beck is already a credentialed pastor with the ACC. She's been in the army also for 12 years, and she's felt the call of God to change her position in the army and become a padre. I, 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 I just love her. You know, the Gallipoli Barracks is close to Warner. It's close to here. And we have a number of defense personnel here in our church. And this is an opportunity for us to outreach into that barracks as we would never have had before. I want to tell you, our soldiers need Jesus. Right? Our soldiers need Jesus. They need to hear the message of the gospel. They need to hear the message of the cross. They need to hear that message of redemption. And having Pastor Beck here, and then eventually in the army as a padre, just gives us a great opportunity. So she's going to be working with our families, our young adults, our new people, She's going to be doing some counseling and visiting all the things that she would be doing as a padre in the army. We've still got to work out some of the tin tacks of what it actually means, but you're going to be seeing more and more of her over the next three years. And though I don't expect you to salute her, right, I do expect that you're going to respect her, honor her, and just treat her with grace and love. You know, I always pray consistently. One of the most consistent prayers that I pray is God send us laborers for the harvest. And when God just gives us someone like this out of the blue, I just go, thank you, Lord. That is an answer to prayer. And I think it's fantastic. Beck 
is married to Andrew, and they've got two kids. So if Beck and Andrew could come up, if Nikki and Roger could come up, Angela and Caleb come up, uh, Jay come up, Jacinta come up, and we're going to pray for these guys. <laughs> Nina, come up. Can I just have a microphone? Just a microphone. Nina's got one. Oh, we've got plenty of microphones. Fantastic. Angela, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hello, everybody. I'm Ange. And for those of you who don't know me or haven't seen me here, I'm Caleb. I have been out at Maury Fields um, since it started, running kids there, which is really exciting. And um, I guess a little bit about myself before that, I've done kids ministry in a lot of different areas. So whether that's in the mission field, I've done some work in Africa and in the Northern Territory all my growing up life and just done a lot of um, kids work in different churches over the time, so that's really cool, but I'm very excited and honored to be here, and obviously, I'm taking it from Pastor Nikki, she's created an amazing foundation, and I'm just really excited to take that on, very blessed with the team that we already have, and really excited to grow that, um, and I just, I guess I just keep pinching myself that I get to be a part of, um, you know, creating a place that's safe for kids, and yeah. where they feel welcomed, and where they'll learn, you know, that they have a purpose, and the, that God, you know, has plans for them, and that they can reach out to their friends and family, um, and yeah, just that they're created for such time as this, so it's, yeah, it's very exciting. Fantastic. You know, one of the things, one of the things that's hard for Angie, you need to pray for her, because it's better to take over something from an idiot, Right? Because then you can just go, oh, that last person, they were hopeless. We're going to do it this way now. But she can't do that. She's taken over from someone who's done a fantastic job. <laughs> All right. Beck, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and Andrew? My name's Beck. This is my husband, Andrew. Andrew's a carpenter. And we obviously have two little young girls. Olivia is our um, oldest. She's uh, in grade one. She made school counsellor this year, so she's pretty excited. And uh, Bella's our two-year-old and... She's our more spirited child, I would say. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. Like I said, this is my 12th year in the Defence Force. For the first eight, I was in Logistics Corps. So it's been a real transition. So yeah, it's great. Oh, and I graduate my Bachelor on Thursday. So yes. amen. So yeah. <laughs> Want to say something? You're, ha you're happy? No? <laughs> Wise man. All right. I want you to stand. We're going to pray. I'm gonna, I want to pray in two ways. I'm going to actually ask Nikki to pray for Angela, in a sense, hand over the mantle, in a sense, right? And that there will be a full authority upon her to be able to take the area into the next place. And then I'm going to ask Nina to pray for all of these new appointments. So, fantastic. Nikki. Oh, you got a mic. You can use that one. Oh, no, you can't use that one. <laughs> all righty. Let's come over here. It's very exciting, isn't it? Yes. Super exciting. We are very excited, and we use that word a lot when we um, meet up. So we'd like you guys to be excited along with us. So if you can extend your hands out towards Ange, that would be amazing. Thank you, Father. Lord, first and foremost, we just want to thank you for your ministry, which is Emerge Kids, Lord. This is your ministry, and it's in your hands, and we just, we just want to honor you in that, first and foremost. And we just thank you so much for Angie. You have brought along for such a time as this. Yes. Yes. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, you will be with her every single step of the way. You will guide her. You will give her creativity and vision. And you will, she will just be able to draw strength from you each and every day, each and every step, Lord. As, as you light her path, as she walks this path that you have called her to, yes. we just pray that she will feel your presence every step of the way as you just uh, give her that guidance and strength. Um, each and every step, Lord. We just thank you so much for the vision that you will give her, that she can influence these kids and equip them to yes, be Lord. world changers yes, in Lord. this world, to glorify you. And um, we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory for everything that lies ahead, Lord. And we just pray that you will give her favor with these kids, with the yes, parents, Lord, for those who are here and for those who are to come as well, Father. We just pray in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you that who you call, you anoint. Yes, Lord. Father, and you've appointed these people in their ministry, oh, yes. oh God, in the ministry that you have 
for them to do. And Father, I pray, oh God, that through them, the kingdom of God will be extended in great ways, Lord Jesus. And Father, I do pray that you will protect their families. You'll protect them, Lord Jesus. We know, oh God, that that Lord, when they step into something, oh God, when it comes to the kingdom of God uh, to be extended, we know, Father, the enemy doesn't like it. And so therefore, we as a body, we as a church, oh God, we, we will pray for them. We will uphold them before you. And we ask, Lord God, that you, oh Father, will, Lord, cause their, their favor of, of God to be increased, their favor of man to be increased, oh God. And Lord, that they would serve the kingdom of God with such joy, God and such effectiveness in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give them a hand. You can be seated. You know, the best way you can support them is support them. Just encourage them, bless them, be their biggest supporter. And uh, if they ask you to help, just say yes. Fantastic. So now back to live as it pertains to Emerge Church in 2021. Now, to be honest, as Christians, I believe we know this story. I believe it sits fundamentally within all of our spirits and that it's foundational to all of us because live is actually the gospel story. Jesus died, but then on the third day, he rose again that we could have life and life more abundant. You know, Corinthians 15 talks about the story of the resurrection, a great chapter. But the whole thing is essentially this, oh, what miserable people we are if Jesus just stayed in the grave. He goes, you may as well eat, drink, and be merry. Everything that you've put aside for God, everything that you've done for God is pointless, but for the resurrection, but for the fact that we have life, that no matter how dead something seems to be, God is able to bring life into it, that we as Christians should be able to bring life into everywhere we go. That's the meaning of Emerge Church, that you would emerge as a life giver wherever you are, in your street, in your work, in your family, wherever you are, life comes from you. You emerge as someone that has life. That's the story, and that's what I'm asking you to do this year, to step out and actually live. In baptism, we celebrate that someone dies. They go down and the old man dies and they rise up as a new creation. And from there they live. They have a heart to serve the things of God rather than before to serve the things of themselves. That's what baptism does. And the, the story of live, the feeling of live is with each one of our spirits. But the Old Testament has a great story, and that's the song that we sung as an, as, an, as an item today. And I believe within it, it contains the heart of the word for us in 2021. Let's look at it in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37 verse 1. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Everyone say, very dry. very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Ezekiel is led by the Spirit of God into a valley of dry bones. And these bones have been there a while. The Bible takes time to tell us that they're dry. And so I want to tell you today that whatever it is that's dead, no longer how long it's been dead, that God is wanting to speak into it that they may live. God is wanting to do something. And so what happens? He says to Ezekiel, God, can these bones live? He wants to get a mindset change into Ezekiel. Instead of just looking at those bones and saying it's hopeless, he says, can these bones live? Now, God doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't already know the answer to. And so what happens is that Ezekiel, he answers, well, only you know God. And so what happens is that right from the beginning, he sets himself up and says, God, I'm waiting for what you want to do. And I want to ask you in the start of 2021 to say, God, 
I'm waiting and ready for what you want to do. You can do what you want to do. And it goes on, verse 4. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. The word of the Lord through Ezekiel is first declared before it happens. And so that's what this morning is. It's a herald. It's a declaration. It's the sound of a trumpet. It's a sound that says that in 2021, God's calling you to live. And I want to declare over you resurrection power, the same power that rose Christ from the dead, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you. And you're to declare and herald and trumpet over the dead areas of your life and dreams. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. See, it's not all going to happen just at once. There's going to be the sound first of the, of the bones coming together. As we declare and we start to prophesy, we're going to start to hear some noise. And I believe the first thing that we're going to hear is testimonies. Testimonies of people loosening restraints. Attitudes that held people back, people are going to break free from. Incidences that tied people to a spot, they're going to be cut free from so they can start to walk forward again. They will no longer be restrained. Negative words that have been spoken over you are going to lose their power because you're not going to believe them anymore, but you're going to believe the Word of God that He has declared and spoken over your life. Lies from the enemy are are going to be seen for what they are, and a lie only has power while believed, but you're going to see what God has for you rather than what the enemy wants to prophesy over your life. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into this slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. The Spirit of God being unleashed in a new way. Once attitudes, incidences, and the past has been dealt with, all of a sudden you can live looking forward rather than looking back. Looking back is never ever a good way to live. As people's Receive revelation from God, God's grace, God's love, God's mercy, God's forgiveness is going to set them free. And they'll now be able to see that they can overcome and they can live life as more than conquerors. I believe that people are going to receive fresh and new promises that are going to set them free and that that sense of restraint will be broken and a deep hunger and thirst for the things of God. You know, last Sunday night, just at the end of the service, just as we were just singing this song, this hunger for the sea people saved just came upon me. And I sat down and actually kneeled down just here at the front of the altar, and I just cried and I said, God, let this be a church that sees salvation. I'm believing that this year, will grow not so much by migration, but will grow through salvation. You know, if you come from another church, God bless you, fantastic. I'm not trying to say that's wrong, but I want to see people say. I want to see people come to see Jesus for who he is. And I believe, see, the world out there is tired right now. 
The world out there is scared right now. The world right now is in a place where it doesn't really know what to do. But Jesus is the answer. And as we live in all of our forums, in our workplaces, our schools, our streets, our families, as we live as that resurrection power inside of us comes out, all of a sudden people are going to come and ask us questions. Hey, you're different. Hey, there's something different about you. Hey, that, that act of kindness that you did, that, that extra time that you spent, that, that thing you did, that, that ability to get through something that I can't seem to get through, they're going to come and ask you questions. And you're not going to say, hey, it was a merged church. You're going to say, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And Jesus is going to do things. And I believe that in 2021, we're going to be more effective than ever. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, and we are cut off. Does that sound like the world? Right? They're dried up, their hope is gone, and they feel disconnected. Therefore, I prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And then I will settle you into your own land. There is an own land that each one of you have. There's something that God has for you. My land is different from your land. Your land is different from my land. God's going to settle you into something that's yours. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. 2020 has taken its toll. And even though we did take ground as a church, I believe that there's a sense of restraint. There's a sense of winter that has been over our spirit, but that's going to stop and that is going to be broken. And I speak that not even into you. I speak that to the powers and principalities right now. I I declare that over your lives right now. The world is tired doesn't have a hope. Many people, the real pandemic of Australia is anxiety and depression. And we need to have an answer. And we need to to have a a, a sense of Jesus can walk with you. Emmanuel, God with us. God wants to walk with them. People who are dead in their trespasses, dead in their hope, dead when it comes to their future, the gospel of life, is going to come and see them live. I see a church excited. I see a church energized. I see a church that lives. So how? I'm going to give you about 40 different ways. All right, see if you can count them up. Number one, live in faith. Faith, not fear, needs to be our firm conviction. Right? Live from faith, not from fear. It's one of the things I've seen so much. We've got to live from faith. Ezekiel had a firm conviction that God was in control. No matter what it was that was going to test your faith this year, have the conviction that God is in control. Pastor Corey Turner was recently here, and he spoke a great message of the kingdom of God being in power. And sometimes we've got to believe the power of God rather than the fear of the newscast. We've got to change, in a sense, an attitude. If anything, COVID has changed our, our, our thinking. It's focused us on the world's kingdom. We've got to start to live once again as citizens of God's kingdom. Live with tomorrow in mind. Because you can't live looking backwards. Yesterday gives you the lessons to learn from. Because if you're looking backwards, you fall over. If I am looking backwards, all I'm going to do is fall off this stage. I'm not going to be in a good place. So we can't allow an incident of yesterday define our tomorrow. Our failures yesterday can't define where we're going to be. And I want to say there's someone here that you did something wrong, you live in guilt, it's time to get over it. I don't care what it was, it's time to get over it. It's time to say, God's forgiven me. You're not that special that God's forgiveness isn't covering your sin. 
all right? If he's going to forgive everyone else, he's going to forgive yours. So get over it, get on with it, and start to live in the forgiveness and the freedom that God has. Live looking for opportunities. Don't live with your head bowed down. Live looking at the opportunities all around you. There are opportunities for promotion. There's opportunities for joy. There's opportunities for increase. Yes, they all take some work and effort, but our God is a God of opportunities if you're looking. Your workplace, your school, the street you live in, the friends you have are actually all opportunities for you to live. Opportunities everywhere if you're actually looking. Live expecting God. God is always doing something. But are you expecting him to? Or are you just going to sit back in your chair and wait for God to come to you? I want to say, look and expect that God is going to actually do something for you. Don't let a past disappointment determine how you're going to look at a future opportunity. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Live with your that in mind. There is a purpose that God has for every individual. And if you live with that purpose, pursuing that purpose, pursuing what it is and how he made you, finding your that, you will live a fulfilled life. Live with an attitude that obstacles are there for your growth. You know, I want to tell you something. I wish I could say 2021 will have no problems. It's just going to be awesome It's just going to be fantastic. But I'm going to tell you, obstacles will come, problems will strike, disappointments will happen, setbacks will occur, and unfairness will visit you. You know why? Because you're alive, right? Because you're breathing. It happens. But how you deal with that obstacle, the attitude that you take, the opportunity that you look for, your your attitude towards that, actually determines how you're going to get over it and how much it affects your life. And let it be a learning opportunity. Number 17, live taking a risk. Now, as you get older, you start to take less risks. Recently, I had uh, my brother-in-law and his family and I were driving past Mount Coulomb. And so I thought, you know what? Let's climb Mount Coulomb. It looks cool. They'll be see a great view, right? So I've done it. I'm going up there, climbing up. Now, if you ever climb Mount Coulomb, it's pretty easy at the start. Then there's this hard third. The first third is easy. Second third is quite hard, right? And quite a bit of an effort. You're real sweating you're a bit <laughs> at the end of it, right? And then the last third is nice again. It's not too bad, right? So if you get through that second third, you've done the hard work. But just at the top of the second third, there is, if I was standing here, about that far away a gap, a massive drop-off, right? Like, you fall off there, you're dead, gone, see you later, right? All you can do is see the golf course at the bottom. Now, remember I told you to put in your pocket, me jumping off things and going up high and jumping off things? At 58 years old, I come there and I go, I'm not doing that right? That's too close, right? I'm not going up there. And even though it's only probably about, I don't know, 100 meters of the, I'm just, I'm go, I went back down, right? I missed out the opportunity of seeing, right, the great view at the top of Mount Coulomb, experiencing it with my family and friends, because I was too fearful to walk near that drop-off. That's weak, all right? Right? I'm pointing fingers at me, right? So to make it worse, right? A few days later, January 26, Australia Day, we go down to the Gold Coast. Friend of mine's got a very, very fast jet ski, right? So he takes me on the back of his jet ski. I go, Jason, don't go fast. Don't go fast. Don't go fast. He goes, you should do at least your age. I said, I'm 31, <laughs> all right? I am 31, right? I was scared. And then I was scared of my daughter because later on I dropped right, her phone into the canal, Right, which wasn't good. And then I was too scared to jump into the water because I'm thinking, there might be bull sharks there. And it took me 10 minutes to actually jump in the water. Right? I have, this is confession time. Right? I have allowed fear to start to, to get to me. And I think sometimes as you get older, you do allow a fear to come in. But this is the year to take a risk. 
Don't be boring. Do something risky. Take a measured and considered step. I'm not saying, I'm saying take a step of faith, not a leap of faith. Don't be foolish, right? But take a step of faith. You know that risk and faith, they are cousins. Don't be foolish, but don't be risk adverse. Take a risk, but don't gamble. Risk means that you could lose something, but you actually grow in taking that risk. A gamble is a stupid exposure to loss for no good reason. But don't let fear stop you from living. Live standing up, not lying down. Live with some fight. Don't make up your mind about the result. Believe that you can make a difference. Don't live lazy, waiting for something to happen, but take some bold steps and make something happen. Don't just accept the status quo, but do something. Nina and I have just taken a step in our lives. It may not work out, but it may work out. And we're hoping that it does work out, but I've taken a risk. I've taken a step. I've done something. I've said no to the status quo. Number 78, live sacrificially. Kingdom life involves sacrifice because every day you've got to take up your cross. The message of the cross is die to self as we become more like Christ. Less of us, more of him. You know why sacrificial living is so important? Because sacrificial living always means that you're bringing someone else into your world. right? Sacrifice means I'm putting aside what I want for what you want. I'm preferring you over me. And so because I live sacrificially, I automatically bring you into my world. Live in boldness, not in apprehension. The Holy Spirit was sent to us so that we could live boldly, not in apprehension, not in anxiety, not in fear. Go after the Spirit of God. Earnestly desire Him. Ask Him to fill you continuously. Have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given to us so that we could live bold lives. It wasn't given to us so we could live these kind of namby-pamby lives. But it was given that we could live bold. Before the Holy Spirit came, the disciples were in fear in this little room praying. Then the Holy Spirit came and they went out and they preached boldly the gospel and 3,000 people were added that day. I want the band to come, finally finished. Live, asking, seeking, knocking. This is really important. We can't live spiritually unfit lives. Right? If we live unfit in our natural lives, we see the consequences of that. Right? We need to do our bodily exercise, but the Bible says spiritual exercise is even better. And asking, seeking, knocking are spiritual exercise. When you ask, you receive. When you seek, you find. When you knock, the doors are open to you. And I want to say, that sounds like living to me. That sounds like living to me. And the last one, live a resurrected life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. The very reason for Jesus coming was that you could live. You could live a life that's truly life. To really live, that's Jesus' goal for you. Jesus was resurrected from the dead so you could live in resurrection power. This morning, it's time to speak over your dead bones. It's time to prophesy and declare life. I don't care how dead it seems to be. Ezekiel prophesied over very dry bones. They've been there a long time. And God wants to do a stirring. That's why I chose this song. Because I don't essentially want you to have a coffee with Jesus. I want you to be, come on. I want you to get some fight. I want you to, to get something in your spirit. Says, I'm going to live this year. Speak to the dry bones of your job, of your marriage, of your children, of your body, of your ministry, of your self-esteem, of your mental health, of your dreams, of your desires, or any 1,000 areas. Speak. And we're going to give you something today that's going to help you prophesy and declare. We're going to give you every one of these a little 
kind of uh, on the low. Now I'm going to read this. You're going to think that I'm like a, a botanist when you hear me say this, right? But I want you to get one of these. You can start handing them out, ushers. That'll be fantastic. We invite you to write on the back of these two pieces of paper. And what I want you to do is write your prayers, write your goals, write the areas that are a bit dead right now that you're believing that God's going to bring life into. Might be a person, might be an attitude, might be whatever. Do it prayerfully. But ask the Holy Spirit, give me something that I can believe to see your life. Your resurrection power, the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, come in work in my life in 2021. When you've written them down, when you're ready, soak the seed paper in water until it is soft. Place it in some soil where you want it to grow and lightly cover it with more soil. I'm doing good. I should be on better homes and gardens here. Right? Water well until the seeds sprout and then watch your daisies grow so that you have a visual of what it is to live. You know, every seed has to die before it lives. Every seed dies before it lives. What seed is planted never looks like what comes out. And so your promise, what God wants to do, isn't looking like what you're putting to death, so to speak, but it looks out of what comes to life. We're gonna do that this morning. As a band, we're going to play that item once again. And I wanted to get into your spirit and make the determination that in 2021, you will live. Why don't you stand as we do this item again?